When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Talking real money. Back again. You just can't get rid of us. We're like cockroaches. You know, it just... (laughs) We're going to be here even after everyone else is extinct. Talking real money will live on. We're, we're, we're bigger and better than dinosaurs. Now we actually won't. We'll, we'll, we'll be gone eventually. And a a lot of stockbrokers will be a whole lot happier. Tons of insurance guys will be, that'll be like VE day all over again. Flooding the streets, turning cars over. That's just a big party when Don and Tom are gone. (laughs) Thank God. Uh, today, though, apparently somebody likes us because we just get oh. so we have been getting so many questions. I, I can't keep up with them. I do every Friday. I do a pure Q&A podcast. I try to answer five or six questions. And because, you know, don't want this thing. I, I hate podcasts that run like two hours. I, I, I'm not going to listen to a two hour podcast. Are you? No. On World War II, okay. maybe. But not on money. So uh, we've got to do an extra one today. This is an extra bonus okay. Q&A podcast. And that's really Hit all it. it's about is questions and and answers from... Hopefully answers. Okay, so just to clarify, how do people ask us questions? Well, if you want okay, to- what happens is the the vast majority question, how do you do that? type them in. It's just the way the world is going. Phone calls are good. We liked hearing your voice. You can call us at 855-935-TALK and leave your question 24-7. Or you can go to TalkingRealMoney.com and type it in. But you can also speak it into a mic, which we love too. By the way, that's a great idea because I got like a 2,000-word email today. They wanted all these questions answered. I'm thinking now just what you just said. I'm going to write them back and say, let's have a phone call. It's called a a great idea conversation it'll be easier anyway i mean yeah. it's just a oh, lot i there. keep hitting so, my yeah. mic okay it's a big mic it's a big you, mic it looks it's a big mic it is a big this mic. is the coolest yeah. mic ever made um it can be any mic it can be the mic that sinatra used i know the actual mic without sinatra without Sina- with just without sinatra. sorry that's all you get yeah uh you want to start the first question Ooh. It's just we are yeah, just please. going through these cold, cold, ice cold. We're gonna knock, knock them out. Down. He's not, has not. He has not no, revealed and, anything. And to this me. is we're not like the not. guys on Car Talk. You know they used to pre-record and listen to their questions and go, okay, well let's you know. F-. No, we're going cold. Oh, okay. Can I mention a funny aside? I hope so. About Car Talk, yeah. it's funny you raised that. Well, because I mentioned that there's someone that we know that thinks when Don and Tom are go the next person comes in and does talking real money i told that to my wife she said oh well who are the new car talk guys <laughs> I thought, that's pretty yeah. quick actually yeah, yeah. Uh, there aren't any. we're the money talk Sorry. guys that's, that's the, the way, way it works that's just the way it goes 
think somebody else will do a money talk show, but it won't be this one. You ready for your question? Oh, my gosh. I made him mad. He left. Oh, he's back. Here you go, Tom. You ready? No? He broke something. Welcome back to the show. I'm Don. Tom's there. <laughs> Kinda. He's dongle. He's dongle. He's dongle challenged. Yes, dongle he's challenged. <laughs> dongle dongled. I'm all dongled up or down. Or whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna put one of those. You ever watch SpongeBob with your Not grandkids for about or kids? Twenty five years, but yeah. Yeah, they they always had that little. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Little mm-hmm. sign. I'm gonna put that up during the break here that we just had yeah okay all right so let's get into the question before your dongle fails completely (laughs) (laughs) well i am getting old so it does happen all right go you know i think it's good this is it's good that this is not the radio show because i think we could get in trouble for kidding around about dongles on the radio i think you're probably but as a spot as a spodcast as a spongebob podcast as a podcast (laughs) we're good all right yeah hello tom and don tired of me yet that's what he said I guess he's written before. Oh. I love the podcast, so I enjoy submitting questions. My wife and I are nearing the Roth retirement contribution limits. The goal of my self-employment next year will likely push us over the edge. However, there's always the possibility I don't hit the goal. We both currently max out our Roths at 6 k each per year on Tom's recommendations from our call last year. If we continue to auto-draft the money into our Roth, but do not actually invest it, i.e. leave it sitting in cash, if we go over the income limit, we can simply pull back at the end of the year with no penalty, correct? I believe the complications penalties kick in on actual investment income derived from those contributions. Hopefully this makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, the question really at hand is if you make a Roth contribution and then find out later in the year that you made too much money to make that contribution, can you take the money back out? And the answer is, as the caller writer suggests, yes, you can. And he's correct, or she, uh, that the complication he, comes Ch- in if you Chad. made okay, if you made money, then yes, then it gets very weird about paying tax on that. So that's right, yeah honestly though if it were my money i'd just wait till the end of the year see what happened yeah because what's the point of putting it in you're not making any money on it anyway well that's true i am but also if you put it in and you make money on the money you just have to pay taxes on the money right i believe when you take it back out you're gonna have to pay tax on the gain yeah yeah right but Still, I you see. Had a so what you're saying on, is go ahead and go ahead and do it if you yeah. if it doesn't work out. So yeah, I mean, it, I it guess doesn't you could do really that. make it that complicated. But to put it in just as cash and leave it in cash for you, yeah, that makes eh, no sense. What's the point of that? Yeah, I agree. All right, so we got that one done. Good. Uh, how about double e bonds? You up for double e bonds? Yeah. Okay. All right. Hi guys, what are your thoughts on series double e bonds for the fixed income portion of a portfolio? I purchased the maximum number of i bonds but was wondering about double E bonds. The current interest rate is a ridiculously low 0.1%. That's correct. But the bonds, this is an interesting little loophole in savings bonds. If held for the full 20 years, they double, which would mean they double in value. So a 
a fifty dollar face value is worth a hundred hundred bucks. Right, fifty dollars so put five, in is a hundred bucks. Five percent a year then, and it works out to about three and a half. Yeah, because with compounding, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, is this a good alternative to BND, the Vanguard Total Bond Index ETF, if you don't need the money for 20 years and are looking for a place to put the fixed income part of your portfolio? Or should I avoid assuming interest rates will rise and I can get a better deal in future CDs or better with bonds or VTIPs or VGIT or VGGs? Uh, which are the three funds I currently have fixed income along with I bonds. Thanks so much for your show. I've been listening for about a year and I love it. You know, I would prefer the bond fund because in that case, you're getting a little more of an interest rate hedge. In other words, they're going to be buying new bonds. And if rates go up on those bonds, you're going to get the higher rates. If you mm-hmm. stick it with the EEs, you're stuck at the three and a half percent where rates could go higher could go a lot higher i don't know but that's the thing is you know there is no knowing but no, it's speculation. i have to say if 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 you are absolutely certain you don't need the money for 20 years because you can't it's not like a regular bond where you can take it out prematurely and suffer a loss you really i mean you can but you're not going to make any money if you know you're going to leave them for 20 a little bit of money in double e's just for the heck of it i, I don't see the harm either because I yeah, don't no, imagine. I mean, again, and I don't have. What's the maximum you can buy? I don't know that. I, I mean, that the part I don't know. 10? I knew it's point one. Let's see, double E. I mean, because the I bonds you can only buy ten per person. Ten grand, correct? right? Yeah. Purchase limits. See, that's the other thing. Is it's also ten grand in double E bonds? Yeah, it's. So to have a little money in double E's and a little money in mm-hmm. I's is fine because mm-hmm. they just sit at your Treasury Direct account. And yeah. Hang out and you know as long and the then, trick. The problem is. Don't forget you have the Treasury well, Direct that's account. that's always an issue, And right? make sure it's in your estate plan somewhere. Correct. Yeah, so people know if something happens to you. Number two is, then I would still say an intermediate-term bond fund for the, I hope, more of your fixed income still makes a great deal of sense. Absolutely. I think that's wise advice. All right. I don't think we've done this question. I, I remember reading it kind of but i don't think we've done it um uh, let's see if i can talking real money oh okay he's just typing something okay he starts it with the word okay okay i work for a class a residential building in new york city and i receive envelopes with gifted money in them i know this happens because my mother tips everybody in her apartment building oh, in I new see. york it's oh. what you do you tip the doorman you tip the maintenance guys you tip everybody what's the percentage the the I, I don't know interesting yeah i uh, if you have to ask you can't afford to live in new york <laughs> i can't afford to live in new york that's foregone conclusion i mean my mom's apartment that that she and her husband bought years and years and years ago is worth like millions now it's just yeah. ridiculous uh, anyway, once I put the cash, once I put it into my account, won't the IRA start asking, "Hey, the IRA or the IRS?" He said IRA, but he meant he meant IRS. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think the the, the Irish, Irish Republican, Republican Army. Army is that big anymore, but they might be. They might be checking. Would the IRS start asking me, "Hey, where did you receive?" And he's literally he asked the word, "Hey, hey, where did you receive this double uh, digit cash flow?" And hmm. 
and because I, he said i'd like to use this to max out my jp morgan chase roth ira account i opened this year which i run myself i believe this service is free i don't remember seeing fees i am also contributing 200 dollars a week to my 401k which has seventeen thousand dollars so far because uh, I started contra- contributing this year through my union, which is John Hancock. So any tips and ideas? Yeah. Here's a tip. Here's a tip. Use cash to go buy gas and groceries. If you're worried about the potential of somebody later coming back and saying, how did you put $50 in your account? Then mm-hmm. don't put $50 in your I'm not suggesting you cheat on your taxes. I'm just saying. And it is, by the way, idea. cheating on your taxes. I again please it if you're is. listening i'm not suggesting cheating i'm just saying be smart about it that's all okay um i don't know what th- else to suggest there well a couple could, of other could things. somebody come back and later and look and, and audit your bank account and say where did that 75 dollars come from yeah they could sure i don't think i'd have a, a roth ira at jp morgan um jp morgan chase because i i even though they, they they're not showing you fees there's there've got to be some fees there somehow of course it, there are. they're either selling commissioned mutual funds or something i just don't they're know how they do a that living. for nothing yeah. they're doing mm-hmm. it so i i'd rather see you at vanguard or fidelity or schwab or td ameritrade or somebody like that uh, i know you can't do much about your 401k and um yeah tom's right just go spend the thousand bucks i don't know what else to say yeah I, yeah hmm. good luck thanks for the the question I've never done that myself, by the way, because I never have any. I have four dollars in my wallet that I've had for about six months. So, yeah, uh, I I don't use cash. I wouldn't know how to anymore. Basically, it's like it's like it's so great, though, because um, and I don't write checks. It's wonderful. I I get the like the lawn care bill now. I get it through (laughs) through into it. Whatever, whatever. With Apple Pay. There you go hold your phone up that's basically what i do all right here we go uh low cost etf versus fidelity zero mutual funds you know the fidelity zero funds i do no calories no returns right isn't that right i'm kidding sugar-free funds (laughs) love your show i'm debating whether to buy fidelity zero extended stock market fund or vanguard's extended stock market etf Fidelity's zero funds have no fees. Vanguard's ETF has a fee of 0.06%. Six basis points. Pretty cheap. <coughs> yeah. But am I better off buying Vanguard's anyway? I've heard that ETFs will not incur capital gains until I sell, but mutual funds have capital gains even before I sell them. Is that true? Also, if I am... You know, I used to be a talk show host a long time ago. <laughs> if I am unhappy with Fidelity for some reason, are Fidelity Zero funds not portable to take to another brokerage firm? Uh, let's see. Taking the last question, I think you they should probably, be portable. They should be portable. Yeah, I think those are – you could move that to Schwab or some other mm-hmm. place. I th- I'm pretty sure that would be okay. Um, in terms of the tax treatment, if <coughs> – if it comes down to the six basis points or zero and you really are concerned about taxes because this is money in a like a brokerage or after tax account, then the exchange traded fund is going to be way more tax efficient. Way more. So if that's really an issue, which I think people sometimes overthink it, but if it is. And I would expect the performance to be different in an exchange traded fund 
than the Fidelity Zero. I don't know. How, I, I don't think we've ever really spent much time looking into how the Fidelity Zero funds are managed or what they hold. Or I well, don't, I, don't think I, I'm, I have. And, and what they are is they're emulators. They don't buy the entire index. They buy what is supposed to play like the index. It's supposed to behave very much like the index. And yet you're right about the difference in returns. The Fidelity Zero Extended Market Fund has it hasn't existed only for about four years. So we have we can we can compare a three year return between Vanguard and Fidelity, their ETF. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the Fidelity fund returns about twenty two has over the past three years returned about twenty two percent a year. Wow. Yeah, great return. The no uh, the Vanguard though, uh, right at twenty five percent per year. And there, so, when you say extended market, I'm assuming there's some sort of small cap or some sort yeah, of value yeah, play yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so, and that yeah. that would be the other thing. I don't know that I know. Well, this the, is a smaller. What they yeah, own. Yeah, I mean, this is, gets it, into it, the nitty gritty. They fall into the the mid cap growth area. Generally, yeah, is where they fi- right. they fall yeah. on the style charts. Um, you know, the 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 biggest holdings are things like um, Uber and uh, Airbnb and Lululemon and blackstone uh they're not the they're smaller big companies yeah these aren't three trillion dollar companies like our friends at apple uh so um again and I, if taxes and I were help really make issue, them that if you look you around did. my studio you'll go <laughs> oh man did you make apple a three trillion dollar company or what tim cook is loving you i all if if it was for tax reasons then i would use the exchange traded fund yes yeah i would lean toward the exchange traded too i just want to look again at the and you know it's interesting tom the fidelity zero leans a little smaller and a little more value just a little then and that's probably what because last year small and value had a terrific year so that might have made the difference for three years so well, no, but Vanguard beat them. Vanguard's actually larger. Oh, no, larger. no, I had, the, I had it backwards. No, I had it backwards. Yeah, Vanguard's larger and growthier. Which would have the first two years been better, but then this last year, small exactly. and valued. Anyway, so, yeah. six. Do, honestly, for that one, six dozen, one half or the other. I got time for one more question. <laughs> All right. I got to go. Sorry. Well, good. This one's from Cass. Who we, no, we already did one We answered a question from Cass yesterday. No, Newt, get a different person. All right, I'll get somebody. Oh, We're that's from your, that's from Cash too. Your financial valet. Come on. All right, let's see. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It's a good one. Hey guys, great podcast. Thank you for the entertainment and education. I hear you and other shows talk about taxes and the effects of them on portfolios. However, the numbers thrown out always seem to be just the federal tax rates and do not seem to factor in state taxes for those of us not fortunate enough to live in an income tax-free state he lives in california Uh, yeah uh am i missing something are states not allowed to charge tax on retirement account distributions if if not shouldn't you mention state taxes when discussing the effects taxes have on investments and distribution decisions we make thanks in advance yeah no states can tax that that was one of the reasons my father left california he hated them taxing his pension Sure, they can tax but, you on that, and they doggone will. we can't. Will. We can't. No, we, because it's 50 states, I think, right? I mean, how would we do that? 
We couldn't. We couldn't because if you live in New York or California, you're, you're screwed. The hit is going to be. We can be, just say it. You're yeah, screwed. The I hit's going to be gonna much higher. You, and they're going to tax you a lot. So would I retire in one of those states? If you live in Washington or Florida, you're not no going to get taxed. Tax. Well, or Tennessee. Washington now has the capital gains tax, but that, okay, that wouldn't be on your retirement accounts. Right. Uh, so is it something to pay attention to? Sure. Is it something that we can do on the program? No, because how would we do that? And that's one of the reasons why we say after tax return, just period. You have yeah. to consider the taxation, whatever the situation might be. Uh, if what we is give Cal- you California's if, if, income tax is like ten percent or something, right? Exactly. Oh. I mean, so it's you know, it's in in some cases it's close to half what the federal rate is. Ugh. And how are their property taxes? I don't know. They're everything's anyway. high in California. Yeah, it's including the an people. expensive place to live. But then the sun is out, and people. you're not dealing with ice and snow. Exactly. <laughs> Look at where Tom lives, and then yeah. do you think eh, maybe those taxes are worth it? Probably. I'll pay the sun just to come out for a few minutes, please. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you 10% of my income for the sun. <laughs> come Thanks on. so hey. much for being yeah. a part of our podcast. Remember to send your questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com or by calling 855-935-TALK. Uh, sign up for Retire Meets coming up February 26th. It'll be virtual and maybe in person, we hope. And uh, you can do that at RetireMeet.com. We're going to get out of here because I think Tom's got somebody to go meet with. I, on the other hand, have to go to lunch. I'm Don McDonald. That's Tom Cock hanging out, talking real money. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.